Those Movies, the Shia LaBeouf Podcast. This is episode 14, Disturbia, from 2007, and this movie started at 6.20 p.m. in the afternoon. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski, and I had a little bit of IMDb trivia for you right off the bat. Did you know that Disturbia is a combination of disturbing and suburbia? Huh. Okay. I did. I, I mean, that was mind-blowing to me. That's one of those things that on IMDb, there's not a lot of trivia for this movie, but that was one that was, like, midway up, and I was just like, oh, if this is, like, what's considered decent trivia about this movie, it's going to be kind of tough to find cool things to talk about. Yeah, did, like, for instance, were you aware that this is considered a remake of the Alfred Hitchcock classic Rear Window? I was. Did you know, and this is actually something that's, like, maybe relatively trivia, the people who own the rights to the short story that Rear Window is based on sued DreamWorks and I think Paramount or whoever distributed this and Steven Spielberg saying they didn't have the rights to make this movie and then a judge dismissed the suit that said this might have similarities to Rear Window but it actually has no similarities to the short story really Mm -hmm. because there's like subplots and things here and the short story I guess just wasn't similar enough to this to warrant an actual lawsuit. Mm -hmm. I mean the obvious comparison here is Rear Window. I didn't know that Rear Window was remade in 98 with Christopher Reeve like I'm learning all sorts of things today. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hitchcock... Since his passing, his material has gone off in different hands and into different directions with, you know, I'd say less success than failure, you know? Like, this is some of the better Hitchcock material adaptation stuff, but like that Psycho remake, I mean, most most remakes in general I'm not a big fan of, and, and that's something that was sort of a strike this movie had against it from me going in in the first place. <laughs> so, in the beginning of the movie, he and his dad are fishing, and that scene's improvised, and that's really cool, and that's sort of like peak Shia, you know, just mm-hmm. him, like, spinning a yarn and talking about this, like, you know, you could see him in, like, a lot of movies like that, like, he's sort of, like, how we saw Cage doing certain things, not Keanu as much, I feel, <laughs> but, I mean, Keanu a little bit, but, like, definitely Cage, like, oh, that's something that he, you know, he added in there. You could really see Shia, that kind of improvisational storytelling, like, oh, yeah, Dad, like, didn't I tell you that I have a, I got my girlfriend pregnant, she lives in a trailer, her name's Shirley, you're gonna love her, and just, like, the way that he's, you know, maneuvering through this scene is just, like, terrific. I, I did notice that, actually, this time, what you were saying about it, like, the ease in which he is acting, or not even acting, I don't know. I, I thought of Cage, like recently while we were doing a lot of Shia stuff because he is closer to Cage than Keanu in the way that he'll take risks or his improving works or there seems to be more dimension to Shia than I expected. I'm getting different shades of him in every movie we watch and I understand now why down the line I'm so impressed with him and stuff like Fury. These are sort of those glimpses of things to come, you know, like this fishing scene with his dad. And later on, there's stuff too where he's, um, you know, just improvising around the house, being a kid, yep. playing Xbox, and trying to amuse himself. Like, it, it, that stuff all works for me. I think where I run into problems with the movie is that it's super duper predictable and you know we pretty much seen it all before and we're just going to be running through the motions and while it's not an extremely long film it feels a lot longer than it actually is it does feel long and the one thing that i wanted to sort of say right up front when we because we we introed into that opening conversation between him and his dad by talking about like how sort of like on on the remake front and so after they go fishing you know shia's driving them home and they get in that car accident and that's where his dad dies we cut to him a little bit later and I'm like, wait, why aren't his legs broken? I was like, oh, wait, no, this isn't Rear Window. Like, I forgot, like, the twist. Because, mm-hmm. like, in that scene, you're like, oh, like, this is the exact right way for him to break his legs if he, if that's how we want to go. He basically escapes that without a scratch. Like, he's psychologically damaged, 
but you yes. know he gets out of there without a scratch. It just that accident leads to him acting up in school, leads to him punching his teacher, leads to him getting three months of house arrest, and so that's the rear window sort of thing. But I was just like, wait, why is there, why are his legs not broken? Like, <laughs> does he break his legs later? Like, when does he get the leg cast? Because I was for some reason I was just, I guess I was just like, this is exactly like Rear Window except for modern day. Yeah, that's where they sort of fudge the details and try and give it like more of a modern spin on it. Whereas you know, and they give him the um, the ankle bracelet, right? Like, they use technology now that they have it, where they might not have had that technology available back when they made the original. It's like some way we can spin it to make it somewhat different. Like, I kind of like it because it's different, and that dead dad thing, it's almost like a misdirect in a way. You're like, oh, this isn't this isn't Disturbia, and then all of a sudden there's the car accident, and you're like, oh, okay, like, things are going to happen unexpectedly, there's going to be death, anyone can go, everyone's kind of fair game in this movie. Um, and I think by skipping a year later, you kind of open back up on emo Shia, right? Like, yeah. he, he's such a happy kid when he's with his dad in their fishing, and it's just so idyllic. And then you cut to him punching out his Spanish teacher, and, you know, I almost think of Don John or someone like that, like a character like that who's just like super angry now all the time. Like, I like that we have the spin on the leg thing where we're going to get the bracelet instead of break broken legs. But I don't really feel like they follow through on a lot of that psychological stuff, like the father figure stuff. They try and play it up a little with the psycho neighbor guy, but it doesn't really come through for me at the end. By the end of the movie, it just feels like, oh, we needed we needed a new way to get him confined to the house. And then they kind of drop it because he's not really that bad of a kid the rest of the movie. Well, what I feel is weird about this movie, it's the same thing I think we talked about with the most recent Transformers, is that this movie is like a thriller, it's this murder mystery sort of, when the movie's not doing that, it's better than when it's doing it. Mm-hmm. And like just like Transformers, like Transformers is better when the robots aren't on screen. Like Because as soon as the movie, as soon as this movie ramps up and tries to be like, oh no, like, what's going to happen? Like, is everybody going to be okay? Is his friend Ronnie actually in his neighbor's closet? Like, is he dead? Blah, 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 all this different stuff. Like you said, it is super predictable. It's not, I don't think it's really well made. I mean, there's a lot of things, and we were talking about this before, before we started recording, and we'll, we'll get into it. There's a lot of things that are annoying about this movie that I don't love about the first hour, but I feel like the first hour is a much better hour of movie than the last 45 minutes are, because as soon as it wants you to get nervous and sort of fear for these characters, you know sort of in the back of your head that, like, Shia's gonna be okay, his mom's gonna be okay, his girlfriend's gonna be okay, and then when you find out that Ronnie is okay, it's just like, oh, well, and you know, everybody, everybody's fine. Like, I don't, I just never felt tense about anything. Like, I don't think that the thrills, I don't think the suspense is really well done in this. Yeah, I, I hear you there. It almost feels like all of that murder stuff with the neighbor is an afterthought. Like, we have to remember, we have to squeeze this into the movie now. Um, I really do just like him on house arrest with the neighbor girl and his funny friend, and I almost wish that there was a different story for them to be had, you know? Like, I don't know if there was some kind of love triangle going on. You know, like, I, yeah, I, I do enjoy that stuff more, but partially I think is because they don't do a great job of setting up the neighbor guy. Like, there's a couple things on the news about a missing girl, <laughs> right? But but then it's, like, a long time until they, like, get to a lot of that stuff, and it's it really feels super abrupt, where it's like, oh, okay, now for the rest of the movie we're going to focus on the crazy neighbor because we're a Scooby gang now. Like, <laughs> the three of us have gotten together to stake out this guy in, in Shia's room and stuff. Like, I hear you. It, it does feel unbalanced, and I definitely like the teen drama stuff with Goofy Shia and trying to get the neighbor's attention as opposed to the other, the horror stuff that go, that's going on. I just feel like there's no 
alternatives. Like, once you find out what the movie's gonna be about, like, there's no way that the neighbor can't be the killer. Yeah. There's no world that anybody he knows is actually the killer, the abductor, whatever. The movie can't end with, like, them learning a lesson that, like, things aren't always what they seem. Like, it's, like, you can't have, like, a thriller where Mm -hmm. the killer's not a killer. Like, that's not this movie. Yeah. And so, as soon, it's just a matter of proving it. It just seems like they don't really have obstacles. I also, the one thing I really don't understand about this movie at all is how close they are to town. The girl (laughs) is over Shia's house and her mom calls. She's like, I'm at Barnes & Noble. I'll walk home. And then she just walks next door. Like, her mom didn't realize that 45 seconds after she called the girl's home. Or, when they're following David Morse, he's buying a shovel to ostensibly bury this dead deer. Whatever, you know. I don't think, because he's he's burying the dead bodies in his house. He's burying the dead deer outside, so he's probably (laughs) doing fine things. She's tracking him around the Home Depot equivalent or whatever. She's like, I lost sight of him. Like, you gotta get out of there quick. But like, how far away is it? Like, because he's in the store. He's gotta go walk to his car. And then we find out that there's a parking garage. The dude's gotta walk to the parking garage, get his car down all the way, and then drive home. And she's freaking out. Like, I lost sight of him. You need to tell him to get out of there now. But like, you got a couple... Like, the things I feel that work the worst in this movie are that artificial tension. Mm -hmm. Because it's sort of like paint by numbers. Like, you know that this is gonna happen, which is gonna lead to this, which is gonna lead to this. Yeah, I I definitely hear all that, you know. There's some issues going on here directorial-wise. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm losing track of time as well. Like, what? I know this takes place over summer vacation, but I'm not sure if it actually just takes place over a week or if it's a month or if it's two months, you know? Like, I would have loved to have this movie taking place over a little more time. I think there's major problems with the killer guy, with the neighbor, because, like, in the original, what works so well is that the guy is looking at his... He's not quite the peeping Tom like Shia is. I think back then it was a little different, but he was, like, looking at his neighbors, and he noticed that one of them may have murdered his wife. It's a story that works much better if it's just one person that's murdered, you know? I think the the problem is that it's the, here's his neighbor who's a serial killer, you yeah. know, that's murdering lots of people and getting away with it, and it's just not as... I don't want to say it matters that it's realistic, it's just not as convincing to me. I also feel like the neighbor should have been the guy who moved to town instead of the girl next door, because it's like, oh, this guy's been living next to him for like four or five years, and just now he started killing people. It's just all kinds of convenience as far as like the writing and the plotting goes that once you kind of think about it it falls apart for me I don't I didn't hold together well enough I feel like the movie also sets itself up to have a better story or better layout of plot because one of the first things that he sees is his neighbor across the street is having an affair right that she goes to water her plants and this other guy like nervously walks in that's the setup to somebody like you know a husband coming home and killing someone out of a fit of rage like I know that with rear window you sort of have like you sort to see the entire apartment complex so you see like eight people basically in one shot and here he's looking around he looks across the street for them he looks next door for the cute girl he looks the other next door to see the kids watching porn there's all these like he's looking in different directions which i guess is why he can also see the, the david morse killer there's so much like you set up that like affair across the street and they just never go back to it like i feel like that could have been the start of something as opposed to just like some psychopath living 100 feet away going about his business and they only piece things together because shia flipping through the channels sees something on the news about a car you know it just mm-hmm. it, it just feels coincidental and lazy and like i feel like they they set things up and then just like didn't want to take their own setup yeah and, I, and that's kind of what i was getting at with like the opening scene with his dad like it, i felt like this movie should have been a giant metaphor for like this coming of age or being a man and you know becoming the man of the house when you don't have a father you know getting over that and and filling that role 
and they really missed a lot of chance opportunities for that with him in a game of cat and mouse with the killer like he comes into the house and um, he's like in his kitchen talking to his mom helping him bring in the groceries and stuff but they really don't mess with that enough like that I feel like that comes way too late it's also after Shia already suspects him like bring him in and then have him be like this friendly new neighbor like you were saying and then you know he's not there and he Shia's mom, Trinity, aka Carrie Ann Moss, mm-hmm. who who shot this five months after giving birth, and she's like, she's looking she's great, amazing. Like she's killing it. She's asleep on the couch, and he sees, and he just sort of sees like, oh, that's a weird car. And then he sees this guy, and maybe the guy pulls in or pulls out of you know their house or whatever with the car, and then he starts to put it together. Like, there's so many ways that they could have taken what they had and just twisted it a little bit. Ball dropped. Yeah, yeah, they're really pushing the John Hughes teen drama stuff, which is good too, you know. But it's just again, it's a movie kind of at all with itself. Right? They, it's so strange what they decide to keep referring back to as threats. Like, they'll, like, of all of the things they set up, it's those three juvies, those three little kids watching porn that give him a flaming bag of shit on his front lawn and throw, I think, water balloons full of piss at him at one time, you know? Yep. like. And then at the end, he gets back. It's like the last shot is like, oh, he calls the mom and says, like, they're watching porn. It's just so strange that, like, that is the one thing they decided to follow up on throughout the entire movie where you're right, like, you could have he could have tried to involve more of the neighbors or the girl should have teamed up with his buddy and both gone missing inside the house i just feel like there's a lot they could have done and while i still like the movie it just feels like redundant at times like okay we get the point we understand like this is established but it's established sort of over and over again it's a really weird movie and this is what we were talking about before we started recording that like there's so many things in this movie that are hateable or not great or just irritating, but I think on a whole it works. And I think the reason it works is because Shia is so good in it. The girl... She's really good. She's really good. I was really surprised. Like, you know, I, don't, I mean, that's kind of maybe that's offensive to say, but like, I just wasn't expecting much from some girl I've never heard of before that right. isn't in very many movies, you know? But I was like, where is this girl? Why hasn't she been in many more movies after this one? She really knows what she's doing. I mean, you get, you have Carrie Ann Moss and David Morris. You know what you're going to get with them. You know what I mean? Her yeah, name Trinity. is Sarah Romer. Right, so, yeah, she hasn't yeah. been in much thing, many things that, like, I've seen, but she's, like, really good in this. I think we were looking her up. Oh, she was in. That's right. The one thing that I had seen her in was she was in that TV show, The Event, for a year mm. before the event got canceled. And what I, what I liked about her character is, and why I think she's a really good actress, is because like her character is supposed to be smoking hot and kind of know about it, know it, right? And know that she's like slumming by hanging out with Shia and stuff. And I don't know, there's just some way that the actress plays it that isn't like smug or anything like that. It, it She almost plays her attractiveness as a burden in a way. To, yeah. I, I couldn't really put my finger on it, but I was like, she's doing this better than I think Megan Fox is capable of doing that kind of stuff. What I feel like, I just feel like everybody's let down by the writing. Like she throws that party because skinny psycho, mini Tycho or whatever, I don't know, whatever stupid. <laughs> like, that girl, like, sort of corners her at school and it's like, oh, your parents are going to be out of town? Like, why don't we throw a party at your house? Everybody shows up and then this dude who clearly knows her picks her up and hugs her and, like, is getting sort of physical with her and then Shia pulls out this tiny speaker that somehow overwhelms the entire party and then he delivers this, like, creepy, sweet monologue about how he's watched her but, like, he's really seen who she is and all this different stuff. She doesn't go back to the party 
We don't know who any of those people are. We don't know who that guy was who picked her up. Like, nothing about that party was of any consequence. It was just like, they needed to be a part so that he had a reason to give that speech. Everybody's doing the best or the most with what they're given. They're just not given a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think one of the writers is the guy who wrote all the Paranormal Activity sequels. Like, he didn't write the first one. He wrote all those, the, all the sequels, and that's sort of like what he's known for. It's like these people, like, the, all three of them, like the director and the two writers for this movie, are just people that I'm not familiar with really their work i can sort of see why because it's just like it's not it's not really tight here yeah it's it's definitely not not that you mentioned that i did notice that she leaves the party uh he kind of wins her over they start making out and then they start spying on the other neighbor and it's almost as if people have just let themselves out of the party and just gone home like it's just deflated it is kind of strange Yeah. yeah right and it is the writing, you know, I don't, I, I do agree with that. Like, there's just some weird choices going on here. But the thing is, too, is like, you and I, we're pretty familiar with Rear Window, studied it in college and stuff. So I think that's part of the issue. I think if you haven't seen that movie and you're a teenager, I think this movie will play a lot better than it is playing for us in a lot of ways, you know. I'm enjoying what's different than Rear Window, you know, i.e., the different characters and some of the modern take on things but I'm not enjoying what is the same so like the way that they're doing the mysterious neighbor and all that kind of thing like all the thriller stuff isn't working because frankly I feel like there's just too much like they they kind of show their hand when, I don't know it's strange like it takes forever to get to the killer stuff but once they do it's like nothing original I don't know I just feel like it's kind of boring in a weird way i wanted like not like this movie but it just keeps winning me over no matter what like that's what's so strange about it there's like an energy and the acting and stuff like it's one of those instances i feel where everybody is elevating the material beyond a level that it deserves i agree with you that the modern take is cool and i think that's sort of what makes part of this exciting but at the same time there's less tension like i think in rear window like doesn't he watch her sort of like like figure things out from across the way and like he can't get in touch with her so you're watching her and yeah. she might get caught or captured or killed or whatever and there's nothing he can do like here everybody just has cell phones and so the tension that they manufacture here they're three-way calling or something but they're not all on at the same time for some reason and so shy is sort of flipping back and forth between ronnie and the girl she's trying to give him information about like, like i'm in trouble like i see him he's in the parking lot right here he's on the phone with ronnie and getting the code for something for the garage door i don't know what you know it's just it's all like mm-hmm. it's all manufactured in not a good way yeah it seems like they should be using technology a lot better than they are like it should be all about the tech like they should have straight up snuck in the guy's house and set up cameras and shit without getting caught like i feel like they should be more clever for being kids than they're than they are like they're just bumbling idiots pretty much like shy and his buddy like can't break into a car and he's like well I, you know it works on i read it on google this is how it's supposed <laughs> to work or whatever and then he leaves his cell phone in the dude's car so they have the to, biggest idiot you have to break back into the guy's car as if the dude wouldn't take the hint that these kids are messing with him and probably find it and then the guy like breaks into the dude's house to escape it's just weird (laughs) it's just yeah i feel like they're not smart enough and they should have been and they should have used technology a lot better and that should have been sort of their trump card is that the neighbor's an old guy in his late 50s early 60s and they're young kids so like 
they're going to use their newfound gadgets to take out the old guy or whatever. But no, it never, never comes down to that. And, <laughs> and yeah, and that's what I was getting at a little earlier when I said I wish the girl had gone into the house or at least maybe the guy had kidnapped the mom and the girlfriend by the end because he needed to prove himself to be more of a man, I feel, than just rescue his mom there for a minute. Like, I feel like he also needed to show that he was going to be setting up a girl of his own and, like, he was going to be fine in that regard too well i feel like the problem with that and i agree i think that he there should have been maybe not not that you know rescuing his mom isn't enough at stake but i feel like there could have been or should have been more at stake but i feel like the girl they're not i keep i keep almost saying girlfriend like they're not dating until maybe the very end of the movie after everything happens the girl in this movie is the smartest of the three people shy at one point forgets that he has the anklet on and goes chasing after the kids after <laughs> yeah. he stomps out the, the fiery poop you know his friend ronnie is like, why haven't you gone to talk to her? Like, he forgets that Shia's under house, house arrest. He also leaves his cell phone in the car. Like, they're both idiots. This girl, by comparison, is like the coolest, most laid-back girl ever. You know, this beautiful girl next door, literal girl next door, who, when she's doing yoga or whatever she's doing in a room, clearly sees Shia watching her and, like, is okay with it, which is kind of weird. She comes over and she's like, oh, I like playing video games. And, like, like this almost feels like the movie that Michael Bay wrote. Like, this is the girl <laughs> of your dreams. Like, she's beautiful. She's totally cool with you spying on her. She wears a killer bikini. Bro, she also likes video games, and, like, she'll also help you, like, capture a bad guy. She's this perfect everything, and these two dodos just, like, don't know how to do anything, like, effectively at all. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad. <laughs> That's all I'll say, you know? It's too bad that she wasn't... Not that she's not well-utilized, but just that at the end, in the climax, I feel like, like you said, like we've been saying, like, everything that they're what sort of... What is she of, even doing in the climax? She goes home and, like, calls the cops, and then it's that same cop who's always been coming throughout the movie, and he decides that he's to not going to... Yeah, he's going to eat a burger instead. But I for sure, you know, I had seen this movie before, but when it came out, so I had forgotten a lot of little details. And I thought for sure that she was going to come back and stab the guy at the end or something or do something to team up and help uh, Shia out there. Here's the thing. It's like we were saying about things that are set up. It's like they set that entire second act. They set her up as being awesome, reliable, and resourceful. When she's following the guy around the mall and sending photos, my favorite lines when Shia's like, oh, I'm getting like a whole live stream here from her and everything. Yeah. Like she's on the phone, she's sending pictures, and then in the third act, they drop her. Like, she's not used to basically help the help save the day at all. I mean, I understand it's got to be up to Shia, but that's why I wish, like, maybe she was abducted as well, just because, like, it would, it would up the threat level of the bad guy, because, like, oh, if, you know, I could understand, you know, Carrie Ann Moss isn't really in this movie all that much, so when she's kidnapped it's kind of like an okay what are like we got to rescue her but if this girl who's like intelligent smart like is smart enough not to get caught if she gets caught by the bad guy then i'm like okay like now we really got a problem we've been with her this whole second act of the movie and we really got to get her back and it's just strange that it's not her that he's rescuing at the end it's almost worse than being a damsel in distress is just being like removed from the third act of the movie mm. like mm. i mean this movie's not very kind to i mean like she's a good character i don't know if she's a good character or not honestly i i'm struggling to figure out if i like her character or not i think she's sort of like she's kind of in a way like a manic pixie dream girl but like for a thriller genre in the manic pixie dream girl where it's this girl who like helps you live life more she's like everything that you want it to be you know basically everything like zoe deschanel ever is 
And here, like, she's sort of like this, like, idealized version of a woman who kind of turns Shia into, like, a better, more productive person, kind of. When she finally gives him, bestows him the power, she, like, she disappears and just comes back at the very end sort of as his Mm. reward. Like, it just, it's weird. Yeah, it's strange. And what else is strange, too, is that this guy, they never give any motive as to why this guy is killing women or anyone for that matter and they say they give some line or two about that he used to be in Austin, Texas killing people or they think it's the same guy a couple years ago but uh, I thought for sure like we were going to get some kind of big speech from him at the end you know like he was going to be like my father died on a fishing trip and this is how I turned you know some some kind of like this is my deep trauma and why I have to kill people la 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 but no like he is a complete mystery this guy the whole time and I really started wondering about it too when he only knocked out Ronnie the friend his Shia's guy friend and I was like oh you're only gonna like drag the girls back to your house you're just gonna leave the guys to like get away and go tell on you it's just so strange like this guy's motivations are are never explained I feel like he's just supposed to be every serial killer from a movie ever without really the menace when the cop who always is there to bust Shia is walking through his house, he's up against the wall. Like, it's a cool shot, but he looks like Michael Myers. He's got, like, the blue jumpsuit, mm-hmm. and, like, mm-hmm. his face is... It's all white, and he's got the white hair, so it sort of looks kind of like the hockey mask, mm-hmm. and he kills the guy there. And then later, like, I literally laughed out loud because it was so stupid, but, like, when he has that pit where he keeps the dead bodies, sort of a little bit, yes. you know, Buffalo Billish, like a little a bit little. Hannibal Lecter. Uh, I mean, a lot. Oh, okay, fine, a lot. First, he has, like, a girl with the dragon tattoo basement with like a torture chamber and then he's got like the buffalo bill pit it's insane it's a layer on top of layer and i understand shia maybe this is his you know psychosis we're seeing it personified maybe but i don't buy it it's just so bizarre i was like how where the hell does this house end the house is like infinite but it also has like back passageways like shia's going through and tapping walls and finds his hidden room and then within the hidden room is another hidden room and within that hidden room is the dungeon somehow shia finds his mom he finds trinity he finds carrie ann moss and he cuts her down and then she's falling and she's literally caught by david morse who snuck through the back alleyways of this house and i laughed out loud i was like how did he get there from wherever he was like nothing about the house's design or geometry or architecture makes any sense but he's supposed to be i guess this like supernatural ethereal being with ultimate powers but like he's also really bad at killing people like shia and this girl are just two high school kids and they're fighting him in the hallway and like he can't even take them out. Like, he, he has the wildest, like, stab with a knife that just misses horribly and, like, lets her, like, doesn't throw her off his back. It's just all weird. Like, he's super powerful, but also, like, really bad at being a serial killer. Yeah, it's like, dude, ever hear of a gun? Like, just, <laughs> you can't just shoot Shia. Like, bam, there, I got a gun. Shot you. You're dead. But uh, I hear you, man. Like, he's, they portray him as the nicest guy in the world, which is kind of funny because I can't take him seriously when he starts to get threatening because then it just comes off kind of like oh look at how adorable you're trying to be a mean guy now and stuff and he's kind of got that baby face even though he's like in his 60s he's got like that very sort of i think i just saw him in the green mile too and i was like wow he 
just looks drastically different than he even did in that movie. The other problem is, yeah, because of convenience, he sort of sort of becomes Michael Myers at the end of this movie. He's just a specter. He can walk through walls or float through floors or wherever he needs to be. He's just going to pop up like a ghost. And even though this movie does take its time too much and maybe drag itself out at times and, and not do enough with the murder killering thing i don't like how it just shifts gears here into this house of horrors standard platinum dune style texas chainsaw massacre house of horrors ending thing here it's just so super out of place i would have much rather preferred just like her tied up in a normal basement with him standing there very threatening saying like i'm gonna cut her up because he's also kind of part dexter too he's got like the the tarps that we see him take down he's Mm -hmm. got basically his like clean room kill room sort of thing like he's everything that it's needed to be and because he's everything it's kind of like dracula you know the episode of keanu club that we just put out today that dracula is all powerful and because he's all powerful he's kind of boring just like pick one thing that you want to be don't let him do everything and be everything and have all these powers like make him really good at like one or two things instead of like oh he's just a serial killer who abducts girls and like seduces women and then kills them and embalms their body and hides them in his walls and then like can repair cars and like all that just oh like pick one thing please agreed (laughs) i also though i did think it was kind of cool just like if i wanted to try and add some credence or validity to the idea that this was all some kind of father issue story going on that he had to get over and i concluded at the end here that in order to get over the blame that he put on himself for you know he was driving the car when they got into the accident that killed his father and to sort of get over all of that he had to intentionally kill some guy who deserved it I don't know if they were trying to say anything with that, but it just know. it struck me at the end of the movie. I was like, oh, in order to get over a death that he accidentally caused, he had to intentionally kill somebody. Oh, man, man, oh, man. I think I have a bunch of little notes that I want to go through quickly. Okay. Uh, first thing, the director is the same guy that did Eagle Eye. Yeah, that's right. And I didn't know he directed The Salt and Sea. Is that with Val Kilmer? I don't know, Which, I don't know what that is. If I'm not mistaken, is in is an awesome, crazy movie about an undercover cop who's kind of just lost within the undercover <laughs> world of drugs and crystal meth, and, and Val Kilmer's amazing. So uh, yeah, I was I was very surprised to learn that. And then yeah, Eagle Eye. So this is two Shia movies. The first line of the movie is Shia and his dad talking. Like, can he see us? I was like, ooh, a movie about voyeurism. They're talking about like, can the fish see us? Like, how prescient. <laughs> The way that that opening scene is shot with them holding the Coke bottles, I'm like, this just looks like a commercial. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, they're just like, like just drinking Cokes for, like, I don't, like, there's no, you know what I mean? It's just like, ooh. That opening stuff, like, all looked extremely beautiful and kind of fake, too. And I almost wondered if those were reshoots or something, and they added, like, we needed to see the dad before he dies to really pay off. Like, we needed to see Shia before his dad died to pay off, like, how emo and angry he is or something. Mm. But it, it looks very different than the rest of the movie and the way that it's shot. Uh, Yeah, like you say, like a commercial almost or something. We have his friend Ronnie who is in class saying perhaps in Spanish, which sounds like kiss ass, like kiss ace. And he says it so many (laughs) times, the whole class is loving it except for the one girl. I feel like this Ronnie kid would have fit in perfectly at the Transformers school. Oh, yeah. No high schoolers are ever like this. Like, whoever wrote these movies just doesn't (laughs) understand kids, I guess, ever. No offense to Shia. I love Shia and stuff, but, like, this Ronnie kid, like, I want to see him take the lead of a movie. Like, it's just sad when there's, like, he's got so much charisma, and I really feel like him and Shia could have had 
more to do together, or at least they could have given... I mean, he, he is sneaking into stuff and doing things. I feel like he's underused. That's fair. And I keep laughing at that kiss-ass stuff, too. Like, he's, he's just... I don't it's know. There's so just something dumb. about it. It's charming, though. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I hate about movies is when tech stuff is fake. In this movie, we have him trying to log into Xbox Live and just, like, there's a big thing that says, like, access denied. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's not... That's not real. <laughs> How many uh, profile redesigns ago was that Xbox Live? Oh, that, that Xbox 360, that's uh, really early. That's, I mean, this is yeah. probably within two years of it coming out, so that was still like the Blades. I mean, that was, ooh, that was that a long was time crazy. ago, 360. The other thing I noticed was that his screensaver is prison bars, and mm-hmm. behind the prison bars it says, let me free. Because the whole point of a screensaver is to have something that like basically doesn't burn an image into your it's, screen. Like, it's in motion, it right? Was. Yeah. But on top of everything on the screensaver are the prison bars. So every time the screensaver's up, the prison bars are there. So if it's an old monitor, those prison bars are going to be burnt into the LCD screen or the LED. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> yeah. it's completely defeating the purpose of a screensaver. It's just like, come on, guys. I did like that. Though. That's funny, though. <laughs> I did notice that, though. I was like, why isn't his screen moving? Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Oh, can we also talk about the fact that Shia's name in this movie is Kale? Oh, is that his name? Like kale, like as in the food? Like the, like the, the, like the vegetable. Yeah, like, like the, the leafy v- green. Okay, I wasn't sure what his name was to be quite... He's just kind of like, hey, how you doing? I'm Kale. And I'm like, uh-huh? What's your name? K-A-L-E. Kale. Is that short for anything? I don't I think wonder. so. Short for something okay. stupid, I guess. But that is the <laughs> dumbest name. Yeah, I don't know why his name wasn't just Kev or Kevin or something. Just literally any like, human name. There was this moment that I thought was kind of funny. It reminded me of when we were watching Surf's Up. He says, like, I don't sing or dance. And that was kind of like a throwaway diss at uh, Happy Feet, the other yep. Penguin movie. In this one, he's looking out the window and Carrie Ann Moss sneaks up behind him. And he goes, oh, my God, you're like a ninja. And I was like, yeah, because she was, she was Trinity. She is a ninja. <laughs> She's got the moves. So I wondered if that was just like a Shia That scene was improvised when, when oh, she sneaks okay. up on him. That was, that was improvised. So maybe, possibly. He's so good at that shit. Like, he's just so good at creating those real moments. And sometimes it's a detriment to the movie when these crazy, over-the-top, fantastical, unbelievable things that would never happen happen because he's able to make the small moments so real it's strange like i think that might be why i like him more in those smaller independent features as opposed to you know this isn't like a crazy special effects driven film but it's definitely a hyper realistic type of hollywood blockbuster movie thriller for kids oh more tech problems when she is giving the live feed to shia she's taking pictures with like not a flip phone but basically a flip phone and she's sending them instantly and they're gorgeous high quality images that just like there's no way that they transfer that quickly back then or that they're this big there's the other thing that like ronnie is filming himself with this camera phone or maybe just a regular camera whatever but like he sort of like lets it tumble and shy is able to like basically do like the, the movie thing of like enhance 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 yeah, yeah and like in the corner of one frame of this video he sees like a girl it's just like that's like the convenience like oh there's video footage and like of course if they're showing a video there's gonna be something in the background of that video have it be more noticeable than the fact that like he has to freeze frame at the exact right time and then zoom in like 50 times and then it's still crystal clear yeah there's no way the resolution would have kept up in quality by far. no way uh one thing about the tech that that i was wondering about because these camcorders he has and stuff like i've got a couple of things like this and you know i've had a bunch of camcorders in my time and and there's one moment where he kind of is like messing with one of them and he's filming the neighbor and he thinks that he's killing a girl and a flash goes off on the camcorder yep, yep. now yep. 
uh, call me crazy, but none of my camcorders ever came with Don't a flash so. like that. And Don't you can't, think so. Yeah, you can't take a picture while you're recording video either, so <laughs> that bugged me. Oh, at the very end of the movie, like after all is said and done, we sort of have that happy ending. Ronnie is just in the room with them making out, and he's filming them. He's like, yeah. the most popular video on YouTube. It's like, dude, and they're like, out of there. It sure is, and they just keep going at it. Yeah, that was strange. Box Office Mojo, this had a $20 million budget and made 117 worldwide, so I mean, this was a hit. Yeah, I remember this being big. This was big. This is This was a big hit how come nobody in this neighborhood has any curtains on their windows whatsoever because nobody likes curtains everybody wants to be able to be seen all their life i guess it's sort of like snowden this is basically the analog version of snowden like, <laughs> snowden can hack into your computer's webcam and like watch you do whatever like change out of your burka or whatever they show in that movie but in this movie you know just you don't have curtains and just shia can look into anywhere with binoculars the, the house that shia lives in, in this movie is the same house they use in that movie zathura which is basically kind of the remake of Jumanji. Oh, speaking of remakes upon remakes, I don't know if you're aware of the remake of Fright Night starring Anton Yelchin. It's it's less a remake of Fright Night than it is a remake of Disturbia, to be quite honest. Like, the similarities are striking. Really? Yeah, like, his mom is a real estate agent. He teams up with the sexy girl from school. Uh, the neighbor who's the vampire is like stashing girls in the basement and has like a whole intricate torture room and thing going on it was really strange i was watching this going wow i wonder what happened there because watching the remake not the original but the remake of fright night it's like very much like this movie i mean there's no ankle bracelet or anything like that but just as far as the guy next door is up to something no good i was i was shocked huh that's interesting. And I also wondered if Carrie Ann Moss, who there's only one line where she's like, I- I'm a realtor. I wonder if she sold the house next door to the girl and her family or, or if she got screwed out of that. <laughs> and she there's no there's no reference to it or anything. But I was just I just wondered about that. I have no idea. Why even say that she's a realtor if it's never going to come up and someone's going to move in that summer, but she had nothing to do with it. It just seemed like another part of the writing that got lost i guess during a rewrite or something and yeah well they were punching this up going we need less of her and more of the romance or something the other thing i want to say was that david morris apparently did like real crazy things like on set he just wouldn't talk to the kids until the very end of the set pulled the jared leto he was trying to be like yeah he was trying to be in character apparently when he was fighting shia i think in that scene upstairs he like punches the wall when he punched the wall he actually broke three of his fingers Ooh. shia said like you could see that they were all mangled and like broken he just like no like let's go again like we just, we're fine i'm fine shia said like <laughs> oh it was intimidating like that's that's scary stuff yeah that is wow i mean the guy is pretty imposing i could see like that's the thing like i look at the guy and i'm like wow he would have made a great serial killer or murderer guy but they kind to drop the ball with him by the time he's chasing shia in his own house i was like there's no way the way this character is set up would he ever go on the offensive like that like he's the kind of guy who would lure you into his trap like he's the right. spider you know and so that was also sort of put me off a little bit in there and also like if he gets taken out in shia's house he's 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 gone for good you know what i'm saying like there's no way you, you can talk yourself out of that because he's talking about how oh i'm gonna set you up as you went crazy and murder suicided like all you your family and friends but like if you get caught and shia knocks you out down the stairs and you don't get up whole plan is screwed so yeah he's not yeah. good at planning 
I love how he's just at the at the the store buying a shovel. Like, and he's not even being. He's like holding up the shovel to the light and like turning it around. Like, yeah, this is a good shovel for burying bodies. <laughs> and then he puts it back. He puts it back and goes for another shovel. <laughs> oh my god, this movie. But overall, it's, like, it's enjoyable somehow, I think mostly just because Shia and the girl are so good. Yeah, that's what's so weird about movies sometimes, is like, we could be like we are, this like, we're kind of nitpicking this and tearing it apart, and, and it doesn't, it's not like it doesn't deserve some of it, you know? But the weird thing about movies is like, you can just have talent behind it that makes it work. Like, somehow you get out the other end and you're like, yeah, like, that was actually enjoyable and entertaining, even though I've seen it all before a lot, like, not just Rear Window, but I mean, there's things in here that are just horror tropes you know i mean they just yeah. kind of line them up and knock them down one after the other but somehow in the end i think yeah it's i still thought it was entertaining mm, i agree but that's kind of like a, a warning recommend right it's it's like warning i recommend this movie but it's more like we like this movie but probably don't watch it watch it and don't expect anything from it i'm not sure i kind of think people might like it more than we do just because like we've seen a lot more horror especially or just like i just have a feeling like someone who hasn't seen quite as much as us would really be like yeah this is doing things i haven't seen before whereas we can just watch it going like this is from that this is from that (laughs) this is from that i guess yeah so it's fine this is one of like the six movies or something that i rated on imdb apparently i watched this movie at like the like during the one week of my life when i rated movies on imdb and i gave it a seven so i think that's that's pretty that's pretty fair pretty fair grade back in like probably 2008 or whenever i saw this yeah and especially for the time i mean you just don't there aren't a lot of these type of teen thrillers going around. I mean, I remember in the 90s, there was a whole bunch of stuff like disturbing behavior and weird things like starring mostly people from Channel 11 or the CW at the time, Dawson's Creek and stuff, but you don't really get a lot of stuff like this anymore. I'd almost not like to see this done again, but something along these lines with a bunch of kids in more of a thriller and less of like a, um, you know, a maniac chopping them up in the woods. I'd like to see kids go through more of like this psychological like like I know what you did last summer type stuff. You don't really I don't I feel like we don't have a lot of that. Yeah, I would agree. This movie reminds me in certain ways of a movie I saw at Fantastic Fest called Safe Neighborhood, which is a Christmas horror movie. I don't know when that's gonna be out. I don't think it's out this Christmas. It might be out next Christmas. So that might be like a long recommend, but I love that movie a lot more than I like this movie. So if you're looking maybe for that, sort of check that out. Who knows? But that's my two cents. Um, anything else in your notes you want to say or we we good. I think Shia really. I don't know how old he was in this movie, but he definitely About twenty. Okay, because he definitely feels like he's doing the teenager thing perfectly. Like I, he feels like he's sixteen or something in this movie, and I like that. I don't know it comes across. On that note, I realized how weird it's gonna be to see Shia sort of as a kid, like with dads and stuff. Like <laughs> we've seen him be like a man and sort of like you know a couple years older than this. Like you know if you're if you're in high school, even if parents aren't in the movie, like in It Follows, like that they get a conscious decision to not have the parents in the movie the parents are around sort of you know what i mean but like a couple years after this all of a sudden there's not that pretense like you can just sort of be on your own and so it's weird to be from that era where he can just sort of be his own person and now he's dependent on other people or like that's just an element that's going to be in all these movies pretty much from here on out it's kind of a cool dimension i wasn't thinking about that but i'll be looking for it too yeah so parent watch on shia on all his movies coming up soon. One final note, maybe a recommend for now that I'm now that we've been talking about it and I've been thinking about it, something along these lines maybe that is done really well recently was that movie The Guest. Was yeah. that the guest? I call, yeah, I call it Evil Captain America. Check that movie out. That is sort of like as close to something like this as you'll get these days and much better. 
much better. I'm not really sure that I see the comparison or the similarities between the two. Mysterious Stranger? Yeah, something about this guy that you're not sure about or, or like you think something's up with him and you're right <laughs> in the guy. I don't want to spoil the guest or anything, but I don't know. I just kind of feel like there's they do something there that is sort of like the modern equivalent of what they're trying to do here. Anytime that anybody can recommend The Guest, which is my favorite movie from two years ago, I'm all on board. So even if, even if like the comparison is like, let's just, let's just recommend movies we like, like The Guest. <laughs> you know, and it follows because they both have Micah Monroe and they're both sort of, you, you know, go. they're similar in one way. There's high schoolers in that movie, so just go watch Micah Monroe movies. All right, so for all things, all his movies, you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub. You can see the movies that we've done already, what's coming up next, find other shows on the network, and so on, etc. Disturbia. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll see you next time on All His Movies.